Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little Billy Ball, Billy Napier, front and center as the Gators upset Tennessee in the swamp. His signature win, why the door is open right now for Florida to stockpile some wins, pick up a lot of momentum over the course of the next month. So what you should expect, what's going to happen with the Gators. We told you at the beginning of the year there were four games. They had to pick up a notch on one of these four, one that they probably weren't expected to win. They already got one. Who are the other three? Going to look at that. A little shake and bake. The Florida Trinity, the Dolphins, the Bucks, the Jaguars. Six games under the belt amongst the three. Five and one. How about that? Five and one in the state of Florida when it comes to the NFL uh, through the first two weeks of the season. I look at quarterback play amongst the three. <laughs> Raise your hand if you thought Trevor Lawrence would have, of those three, would have been struggling the most through two weeks. So we'll, we'll look at that as well. And also the Rays in play. What it means that St. Pete is now going to build a stadium for the Tampa Bay Rays. Going to be the St. Pete Rays? Are they going to be the, what's going on here? Let's look at that as well. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports, the bar, Harp on Sports, the bar, YouTube channel, Harp on Sports Facebook page, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. A little Billy Ball out of the gate. Gators now 2-1, and one, big win over Tennessee. How'd they do it? Physically dominated the line of scrimmage. That's what they did. Physically dominated the line of scrimmage. Um... Heupel, Milton, Tennessee wasn't ready for that atmosphere. They weren't ready for the pressure. They weren't ready for well, almost all of it. And now Florida finds itself 2-1, and one, looking at Charlotte at home, Kentucky on the road, Vandy at home. Team should be 5-1. and one. Are they going to be? Don't know. Should be. No, should know are two totally different things. Favorite against Charlotte, even though... You know, a bunch of players are suspended for the altercation at the end of the Tennessee game. Good. The fact that they got a half against Charlotte, it could have been more. Yeah, you could have nailed them for the whole game. You want to discourage fighting. Now, if you're an SEC head coach, you look at your players and go, you fight, they're going to suspend you. So, good tone set by the Southeastern Conference. This is why you don't allow punishments to occur in-house once conference play starts, because neither team would have suspended their guys. Why would you? Well, they probably would have done it against Charlotte. But if Florida were playing... Kentucky this weekend, those guys wouldn't have sat. Not if suspensions were in-house. But I look at this, and I say to myself, hey, look, you know, for what Florida needed to accomplish, they they needed uh, the four big ones this year. And the four big ones on the schedule inside of the conference, and, well, I mean, one outside. Utah was nice, beginning of the year, at high risk, high reward. The other four big ones were what? They were Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Florida State. Those are the big four. They needed to get one of those. Needed to get at least one of those. They got one. Now the whole key is not giving one of the other ones back. Well, what are the other ones? Kentucky, Vandy, Missouri, South Carolina, Arkansas. You know, there's other ones in there. You can't let one of those, you can't give one of those back. I kind of put Vandy off on the side. So it's Missouri, it's Arkansas, it's South Carolina, and it's Kentucky. You can't give one of those back. Picked up one of the big four. You can't give one of the little four back. The problem is, over the course of the last few years, they've been giving those little fours away. Gave one away to Bandy. Gave one away against Kentucky last year. 
to give those away. I shouldn't say give them away. Lost at Missouri. Lost at Kentucky. So I look at this and say to myself, okay, well, you know, they're going to be three and one after the Charlotte game. And now you look at Kentucky. Kentucky's a pendulum swing. You beat Kentucky. You should beat Vandy at home. Then you're five and one and you're staring at what? You're five and one and you're staring at South Carolina on the road, a bye, Georgia. Then it starts to get tough. Georgia, Arkansas, start to stockpile some of these things. So again, from Billy Napier's perspective, he gets a signature win. And this team, now back in the top 25, although, you know, let's face it, polls aren't what they were. They're more bragging rights than anything else. But this team should be 5-1. and one. This team should be 5-1 and one from what we've seen their first three games. Should be 5-1. and one. And look, Kentucky's going to be a, a, a tight spread any way you look at it. But the way they physically dominate the line of scrimmage, they should go to Kentucky and win. It's a noon kick. I, I don't know if that hurts or helps. I, I suppose it doesn't hurt. Noon kicks are tougher for road, home teams than than road teams. Just just for the simple aspect of the fans aren't quite into it as much. You can get caught sleepwalking at night in those environments, especially in the SEC. You can build so much. Noon, it's kind of uh, here. Let's go. I know some people think it's the opposite, but n- noon games are just so hard to get everybody, especially later in the year, especially when you get a month into the season or so. So Florida should be five and one, and then South Carolina on the road, depending on how they play. Could have a six and one Florida team taking on a six. You could, you really could. You could have a six and zero Florida team, six and zero. Could have a six and one Florida team taking on a seven and zero Georgia team. Raise your hand if you thought that would happen. No, I'm not saying Florida's going to win all these. Heck, Florida could beat Charlotte and turn around and lose to Kentucky. If you have the distinct possibility that Florida's six and one, going to need some break. Have to win some road games. Easier said than done. But Billy's on pace for a winning season this year now. And after Charlotte, he'll just need three more wins. And to get bowl eligible, and with one of those being Vandy here, pretty good shape. He's in pretty good shape now. Uh, Pivoting from that to this, what a start for the teams in the state of Florida and football. NFL football, National Football League. Uh, Bucks 2-0, shake and bake, Baker Mayfield. Tua Tunga Viola on pace for 6,000 yards passing. Dolphins with two big road wins. Two big road wins for the Finns in L.A. and in New England. And, of course, the Jags take care of business week one, and then what? Beat the Colts, and then turn around, and oh for eternity in the red zone. But this is one of these where, you know, Jags fans point at the lack of scoring in the end, or in the red zone and go, look, if we just punch one or two of those, and we win that game. Well, then the Chiefs look around and go, okay, do we get our three turnovers back and our 140 yards worth of penalties? See, 6-1, half dozen of another, depending on how you want to look at it. So, what I take away, at least when it comes to the, the the first six games of these three teams, looking at each team, uh, the Buccaneer, the the one that the team that's been the most impressive of all, of course, is the Dolphins because they've won two road games. The fact that the Dolphins went out to the West Coast, L.A., pivot, head to New England, and the Finns are sitting there at two and zero, going, "All right, we're in good shape. We just picked up two road wins. We didn't even played a home game yet, and." One of the wins is over a division rival. The other win is against the playoff team from last year. We okay, we gotta feel good about this. And the fact that Tua's thrown a couple of picks in your two and zero on the road, pretty good. Now, look, of course, that cloud is always going to be hovering over his head. But I look at other things too when it comes to this. I, of course, the the next most impressive thing has got to be the Bucks. Baker Mayfield. I looked this up. Baker Mayfield's in the top ten in QBR and passer rating in the NFL. 
The fact that Baker Mayfield's in the top 10 in QBR and passer rating in the NFL, most quarterbacks that finish in the top 10 make the postseason. Not all, most. 70-75% of quarterbacks, top 10 QBR and passer rating. Top 10, he is. And Baker, look, he's on pace for what? He's he's very, I don't say conservative with it, but he, he's not turning it over. He's on pace for 4,200 yards, 20 touchdowns, no, sorry, 4,200 yards, 26 touchdowns, no picks. By no means is that, I mean, 26 touchdown passes, so what? But when I don't turn it over, you're a quarterback and you don't turn it over. Now, there's going to be games you're going to have to throw, going to have to come back, going to make mistakes, going to throw interceptions, those things happen. But, yikes, the Bucks 2-0. and Now, they're going to get tested coming up in a week, Monday Night Football at home. Big, big chance for them to prove that they fit. Monday night, a chance for them to prove they belong. Because if they beat the Eagles at home, you may not consider them a legit contender, and that's fine. But from where everybody thought this team was going to be in the, you know, crash for Caleb sweepstakes, collapse for Caleb, the fact that this Bucks team's 2-0, and could be hard for them to get the number one pick now. I mean, think about it. Even if they would go 2-0, and 13 the rest of the way that puts them at four and 13 that that's that's not number one pick range usually two three wins get you number one pick top pick honor so the bucks with baker mayfield bucks are uh, i mean i thought at the beginning of the year what did i say i went through and told you predictions about seven and ten six and eleven i i think they got shot to be 500 you bet they beat the eagles at home here's your go here's your litmus test so there you go on that front um and i mentioned too uh i mean just Monster numbers. I mean, I wrote down here, 6,000 yards. Dude's up pace for 6,000 yards passing. Is he going to do it? No. No. Thirty Was it 34 and... <laughs> the fact that he's 34 touchdown passes, 17 picks is what his pace is. Of course he's not going to do any of those things. But two road wins in the NFL to start the year. Tough to do. Tua did it. So, looking overall, and the Jags are going to be fine. The Jag also, you know, these six teams, nobody has played a team. These teams, neither of these teams, the Bucks haven't played the Chiefs, a team like the Chiefs. Neither the Chargers are good, but they're not Kansas City good. Five and one start for the teams from Florida. And now, now you got a couple games under your belt. Oh, it's hot out. Yeah, it's hot out. Now we're getting into the late stages of September. Once you, once I, to me, the quarter post is when I kind of have a little bit of an idea what we got. And, you know, two games in, okay, this week is going to be one of those big barometers for a lot of teams because you're 3-0, and you really, really, I mean, if you're 3-0, and you go 3-3 three and three in your next six games, you're, you're, you're what, you're 6-3 and three at the halfway point? If you start 3-0 and and you go 500, your next, even, even if you don't, say you start 3-0 and and you go 5-5 five and five in your next, 10 games. Okay, now you're what? You're 8-5 and five with a month to go in the season? That's how you make the playoffs. It's a playoff team. So this is big for both for the Finns and the Bucks. These are big weekends. And the Jags want to get back on track, but that division is booty. Man, the Texans are bad. Anthony Richardson can't stay healthy for the life of him. He just can't. And the Titans, yeah, the Titans find ways every now and then. But that, that division is just it's abysmal. It is. So, there you go. It's a little shake and bake to start the season for the three big teams in the state of Florida. Fun stuff. 
you know, there's other college football things I'll get to, but I'll get that to them in my midweek podcast. Man, what a weekend that you have got coming up here with some marquee elite monster games. And there's some things I want to do, like Mel Tucker and Michigan State. What do you do with that? But I think the Rays are a bigger story, at least for you guys consuming me. And uh, to me, I really quick here, I just wrote down four names, five names. I think the one that they want is Pat Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi, the head coach at Pitt, was the defensive coordinator for eight, nine years there under D'Antonio. Um, that's the guy you want. But would you leave Pitt for Michigan State? I don't know. P.J. Fleck at Minnesota was a coach at Western Michigan. Maybe. Um, everybody talks about Matt Campbell, I, I guess. I, I guess, but Matt Campbell needs to leave Iowa State. You know, he should have left a couple years ago when they went to a major bowl game. problem with Matt Campbell is, like, that that success is unsustainable there. If you really want to leave, you need to go to a program like Michigan State, and then you can catapult Michigan State if you want to in four or five years. I mean, Nick Saban used Michigan State to get to LSU, so. Uh, so there's that on that front. I just want to spend a couple seconds on that. Uh, the Rays, finally a done deal. And this is a big deal for this reason. One is that... The reality of this situation was this. Tampa had a decade to figure this out. The city did not do it. So St. Pete it is. And I know some people are upset that it's not in Tampa. And to the people of Tampa, tough. You had a chance to get it done. Now they want to build this into a district, kind of like Wrigleyville. What is it? 96 acres, 86 acre development. That's a big chunk of land. To develop all the apartments and restaurants. And they want to make it like a, its own little area. Actually, what they're doing here is they're doing very something very similar to what the Braves did when the Braves moved away from Turner Field out of downtown into the Burbs. And I know we got to cross the bridge. I know, but what they're doing here is saying by the time you know six years are old, five years roll around, twenty twenty eight, five years into this stadium, a decade from now, so much movement population wise is going on the other side. Thirty thousand will be fine. New stadium, new amenities, new things will be fine. And that's where we're going in sports, at least in baseball. We're doing smaller stadiums, more stuff to do. Smaller stadiums, more of a spectacle. So so many more luxury suites. And to me, good for the Rays. And feel bad for Tampa? No, not at all. Had a chance to get it done. I hate to tell Rays fans this. Your options were St. Pete or Nashville. I mean, they kicked around the idea of Orlando, but these were your options. It wasn't going to happen in Tampa. They could not wait any longer. Can't wait. Can't wait for you any longer. Can't wait. We've all been there with jobs, significant others. I can't wait on you anymore. I got to move. Got to make a move. You have to make a decision. You're going to sign here or not. You're not going to sign. Okay, I'm going to move on. That's what this was. Couldn't wait any longer. Deal done. St. Pete, boom. And the fact that you know, part of the big part of this too is what Steinberg kicking in $600 million. We get the owner to pay for half of it and the city has to come up with the other half. And okay. Feasible tax breaks, 30 years, all of those things. And you build yourself a real baseball park. I didn't say real. I don't, I don't hate the trop as much as other people hate it, but good for the raise. Stay in put. The broader picture on this, the bigger picture on this is what for baseball? Well, now you've got the A Stadium deal done. Now you got the Rays Stadium deal done. 
So expansion can officially, the minute this stadium deal is signed, we know the A's are done. You're going to see within the next six months, legitimate, let's open up the gate. Let's do some bidding on some, some expansion teams. Expansion talk will be on the table at the winter meetings here in December. And by next spring, you're going to have a full on effect of, okay, we're going to, over the course of the next year here, we're legitimately going to look at expansion. And to me, there's four cities. You're going to get one in the West and one in the East. Or one of the West, the Mississippi, one of the East. Your options East or Nashville, Charlotte. Your options West or Portland or Salt Lake City. That's what it's going to be. Now, there's certain markets out there that, I, you know, I've mentioned San Antonio in the past. There's a bunch of markets that you could really make a push for. Heck, you could do Charlotte and Nashville. Both of them aren't going to get one. They're just not. So your options, Nashville or Charlotte will get one. Portland or Salt Lake City will get one. And then you hear pushes like, well, Milwaukee may move if they get in, don't get a new stadium. And Baltimore wants some renovations done and some big things done. The White Sox are another one that want, they'll, they'll explore Nashville as well. Well, you got the two big bad wolves that are gone. The bad wolves, the bad ballparks that were 30 years old were what? Well, Oakland's older than that, but it was Oakland and it was Tampa, and both of these teams in their cities have been doing this carousel effect for the last 15 years. Now it appears to be over, so baseball can start to talk about expansion again. Charlotte or Nashville, Portland or Salt Lake City. If I had to guess, I'd say Nashville gets one, and I think Portland gets one. I think those are your two. And it allows you to do more things with the West Coast and balance them. Maybe redefine, rebalance the divisions. What do 32 look like? Do you do eight divisions of four like the NFL? Probably. Eight divisions of four is probably what you're going to see. That way baseball can really start to adjust how they do their postseason. Really make some adjustments. You could actually go 16 deep then, couldn't you? If you go eight divisions of four, you could do best three out of five out of the gate. That's three out of five. You could. Now you have to do some tweaks. The fact that they sped up the season, baseball is making progress here. There's so many things you could do. I could do two hours on baseball expansion, what it could mean for the postseason. But there you go. The Rays deal means Nashville, Charlotte, Portland, Salt Lake City. Two of those cities are going to get professional teams now. It's a question of who. And like the Milwaukee's, the White Sox, the... Orioles, remember for the longest time, Roger Goodell in the NFL used Los Angeles as a threat to get Indy, the Vikings, the Falcons, all these cities to build new stadiums. Now that Nash is Nashville going to be used as that bait? Because Nashville was used as a threat. It, it's been used, the White Sox may move to Nashville. The Rays may go to Nashville. Are, are they going to use that as the threat? Is that a big enough threat to get? Do they wait another year to debate the White Sox to do, do something new? Do they use another year to bait Milwaukee to renovate, Baltimore to renovate? With but the season Baltimore's had, we had some cheap ownership up there though. So I, we'll see. So there you go. Harp on Sports the Bar Podcast Media Audio Radio Network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter at Harp on Sports Instagram. Harp on Sports Auditory Route. Check us out. Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast under the Harp on Sports realm. Harp on Sports Facebook page, The Bar. Harp on Sports YouTube channel, The Bar. And of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, strong. Frankenstein.
Have fun with your friends.